El Torito Colin Sexton buscando uno a uno contra Hunter, quien no marca. Ahora mejor el pase para Exxon. Ahora para el Torito. Le restan cinco segundos al reloj. El Torito va a levantar el triple en camino. ¡Sí, señor! ¡Colin Sexton! Sexton, cross court pass. Right corner, Jetty. Free ball. Kevs lead. Jetty Osmond completes the comeback with a three ball. Drummond toward Valanchunas. Finds a cutter and a coro. And a coro thunders it home with 10 seconds to go. Broadcasting live. Ish. From Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on the sunny shores of beautiful Lake Erie. Three ball in the air. He hit it. He hit it. He hit it. Cavaliers win. In downtown Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. You tuned in to Wine and Gold Radio. I like that. Now, here your hosts, Rafa, J-Bike, and Joe G. Woo-hoo. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Woo-hoo. episode two. We made, Gold. we made it plus one. <laughs> we made it to episode two. and <laughs> Didn't get canceled. <laughs> we didn't get canceled. We don't have the Christmas show tonight, but we do have a very special guest. So I hope everyone had a great holiday season. And we are back with you guys. Cavs in the middle of a long road trip. Actually, they're about to wrap up a long road trip. I am alongside my co-hosts, John Michael, J. Mike, and Rafa Hernandez Brito. That's me. You know what I got to ask you because I, I I'm sure I butchered that. Uh-huh. Um, is there a name? You guys are professional announcers. Are there uh, are there names in the NBA, or is there a name? Who's the t- let me just ask you this? Who's the toughest name in the NBA for you? Well, it's 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 different for me. I'm sure than John. I have issues with the ths and uh, and the, and the different. Uh, I have more issues with the English name than the than the foreign names to you guys. I'm looking for like a name I, I here, always, buddy. I always have to think of. of Thon maker. That's why I don't say okay. thon maker, you know, because <laughs> yeah. of the, my, my English barrier, my, my language barrier. But I, I, there are plenty of names that are hard to. Because I, I personally, I have to admit, like I copy, I copy, cut, paste Frank Nicolita. I have no idea how to Nilekina. spell it. I don't, know how to spell, I don't know how to pronounce it or spell it. Frank Nilekina, yeah. That for me is, uh, that's that's my uh, oh, w- Waterloo. Spelling is another thing. Nicolita. Nilekina. Nilekina. Neely Kina. Neely Kina. I'll help you with it. Yeah. You write out Nee Lee Key. Nah. Lee Kina. Okay. That's a, John Michael. That's what, a play, yeah. What's your toughest name? What's your toughest? Buyachich. Buyachich. Nicola Buyachich. Buyachich. Is that? No, 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 no. Sasha Buyachich. Oh, Sasha. Sasha yeah. Buyachich. Out yeah. of the league now. That's a different that, one. Yeah. Boy, yeah. I, I have no problem with anybody in the league right now. Not much. But. That one always, <laughs> but, always t- but even tonight when we play the the, the Grizzlies, like Gorgie Jiang, it, it it it's like Gorgie Gorgie. It's just too many like <laughs> twisting of my tongue. It, it, I'm used to the more like the the, the, the Eastern European names that like in Spanish that you read them the way you write them, and then when you get to the English way, name that the, the you know it's like you guys pronounce vowels different and 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 just <laughs> you guys. <Yeah. laughs> I guess, I guess I guess the PA announcer in Orlando called him uh, Chidi or Sedi. Sedi, Sedi. That, that, that still happens. How is that possible? I mean, they give you a pronunciation guide. But I, to me, that's even more, especially a guy who is who is being the voice of an arena, and he's going to pronounce 10, 15 names that he doesn't know. He's never yeah. heard. I yeah. mean, that's one thing that you go and find out. Ridiculous. Like I'm always asking John, how do you? 
Because John, in his chart, he usually would put like the way it, it's supposed to sound, I guess, it's like like phonetic, different yeah. words, like phonetic one. That I still have issues with that because <laughs> I might read that wrong. Like the other day, I had I, I'll tell the story about Javel. Javel, you know, I I had questions about whether it was Javali, Javel. Mm -hmm. So you know, John is my go-to source of, of of pronunciation. Okay, so let's talk a little, Cavs. Well, and, and hold on, I mean. Uh, it's I don't mean to interrupt you, but how many times when he got the job did we go around the league and hear head coach of the Cavaliers, Tyrone? Tyrone. <laughs> Every time he'd be like, Psh. <laughs> Psh. <laughs> how many times did that happen? Time In Detroit, it happened all the time. <laughs> right by the scorer's table, just go correct him, I guess, at that point. That's what I'm saying. Again, we talk about JaVale. Uh, let's talk about the Cavs now. I wanna, first thing i got to talk about is JaVale McGee. Even though he's not the top guy I need to talk about is he the most entertaining cavalier right now i mean is he the most fun guy to watch uh, in the game in memphis where he went over kind of at the scores table that was pretty awesome <laughs> well i mean i i mean his a yes he's fun but b did you think during no. the i mean to me that's one of the most under the radar signings of the whole off season and we know what he did in la and we know the role he played certainly in Golden State with the Warriors, but to be as impactful as he's been, considering also that he just got finished playing a couple of months ago and winning a title with the Lakers, he's been something. And and to a man, the guys say, hey, the, the day after a loss, JaVale's the guy you want to be around. I mean, he's <laughs> the spirits of his team, you know? So I, I it, he's on a lot of different levels. He has been critical to what this team has done through this early portion of the season. And it goes back to something someone someone told me early on in my career. They said, you don't know a guy until he's on your team. And it sounds simple, and it is. But when you read about a guy and you see him on SportsCenter and all that stuff, you, you, you think you know him, but you don't at all. And John mentioned expectations. I thought when JaVale, when we got JaVale McGee, he'd be throwing the ball all over the arena. And But he really, like to John's point, he's been he's been – a, a solid contributor. He's been a great vet, especially for the young guys. I think the most special thing is that the way he plays is contagious. Yeah. And then the guys have been clear about that. The energy he brings, he misses a shot. He's still going back and getting back on defense. He, he's really active. And, and, and again, just the contagious energy, I think, is the most important thing there. Guys, let me ask you this question here. In terms of, it brings up something interesting. In terms of guys that you saw around the league and you had one perception of that player, but then that player came to the Cavs, and your perception was so wildly different than what you thought originally, you couldn't believe it. Who would you rank in your, as your top maybe one or two players? I know mine. Game? In my case, it would be Kendrick Perkins, one. <laughs> Damn, you He's took my guy. For me too. And J.R. Smith. And J.R. Smith. Because J.R. had such – obviously, you know, his reputation preceded him. But he was such a sweetheart. He was yes. my – I always said it that three months after he – I saw him for the first time in the hotel in San Francisco when he when the trade came through, and it was him, Shumper, and Moscow that showed up at mm -hmm. the hotel. Mm -hmm. And and if, if you had told me then that three months later I would be telling you that he was my favorite Cavalier, <laughs> and I always say, like, of all time, and I've only been here for, like, two years. But still, I think – in a different way, but Kendrick Perkins was, I think, is the top one for everyone. Hands down. It's Kendrick. That would have been my answer, Kendrick Perkins. Before he got here, I just couldn't stand him. <laughs> really? I mean, it's the truth. I, first of all, I don't like Celtics. 
and I didn't just didn't like him. I by looking at him, I was like, oh, I don't like this guy. He's always, you know, he's kind of sour pussing around. But man, once he got here, I, I loved him. But who, pretty, who, everybody I, loved him. I'm pretty sure people in Milwaukee would probably say the same thing about Delhi when he got there. You know, or Andy. I mean, so many guys that you, you know, again that other other teams probably would hate. Then when you meet him, you just love him. <laughs> you know, it's but great. Kendrick Perkins is one of those guys you yeah. love in, in your team. Agree. Uh, I'd almost, I'd almost throw. I mean, Derrick Rose had put into that category. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You think one thing about Derrick Rose? He comes to this team, and you're like, wow. You know, just a lot different than what he appears to be when you yeah. only see him on TV and don't get to meet these guys in person. So yeah. you know. Let's talk about the just real quick about the Cavs road trip. I mean, we're about to wrap up. We'll be wrapping up. Cavs will wrap up Saturday night in Milwaukee, then come home for a little bit. But I, you know, I'd like to get you guys' thoughts on the road trip. I think they've fought really hard, especially considering the injuries they've had. I think the most important thing about the whole trip, we talk about the two wins, one coming down after winning and after being down 15 in the middle of the third mm-hmm. quarter and everything. But for them to come back at least 500 with the game pending in Milwaukee, and I think John and I got a chance to talk to Dan Giroux this week on Caps HQ and how all the things, the different things they learned that they're going to have to deal with while on the road and how the new normal is. I think the fact that the first load, the first road trip was a long one this way, right away, mm-hmm. I think it's going to end up benefiting the team down the road because now they know what, what, what I don't think it can get any tougher than this next this 10-day road trip that the Cavs had. Agreed. And, and at any point, uh, especially in, in Orlando, they could have hung their heads. Really, they could have. They, I've seen Cavs teams before where the, the wind goes out of them and it stays out. You got to give JB a ton of credit, man. He, you know, they, they got it back together, really. The fact that they're five and four at this point, considering their injuries, I mean, they were about six rotation guys. Yeah. You know, and they're not making any excuses. They're not hanging their heads. And, and oh, by the way, Cavaliers have a top three defense right now in the NBA. A Cavalier defense that was rated 30th out of 30 teams just a season ago. So, to see some of the transformations taking place, uh, we, well, when's the last time we've said that the Cavs? defenses won them a game and this season they've won them what at least three yeah maybe four i mean the game against memphis you know we're going to talk to brian winters about this coming up but they grinded it out down the stretch the Grizzlies didn't have a field goal in the final four and a half minutes of the ball game and the Cavs win a low scoring grinded out affair so just to see some of these transformations taking place and to see the effort on that end when you are missing critical players to pull out victories and maybe you shouldn't be, uh, I think it's a very, very encouraging start for this club. You have to give it also to the coaching staff. Agree. You know what I'm gonna, I want to hear? I want to hear Brian Winters' impressions. I mean, we got Brian Winters coming up in the next segment. What one of the basketball greats has to think about. Uh, local about kid. A local kid. Local kid. The pride of Akron. Yeah. Uh, so... We're going to be right back. We're going to be back with Brian Winhorst, ESPN columnist, TV personality, author. All of the above. All of the above. Uh, When we come back on Wine and Gold Radio, we'll be back in two minutes. Wine and Gold Radio. (laughs) There's more of this. That was delicious. After this on Wine and Gold Radio. The Cav City Collection is now available online at cav.com slash shop. Rep the land with jerseys, hats, tees, and more inspired by the Cav City Edition uniforms. Love running the lane. Left side dance. Pow! With two hands. 
Cavaliers, in a partnership with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, introduced the Team City Edition uniform, featuring a design and style that reflects the grit, attitude, and spirit of Cleveland's rock and roll roots. See the whole collection at Cavs.com slash shop. So here's JaVale McGee at the free throw line. On his career, or in his career, he has struggled from the line, only 59%, but he's got two to shoot. Well, he, he's right going to make both of these. He's going to make both of these. He's in a good rhythm. Well, Nostrachonis <laughs> says he's going to hit him. He got the first. Stop. You don't like Nostrachonis? <laughs> That's for calling me Mike. Oh, okay, oh, he okay. missed the second Okay, one. Mike, it's my fault. <laughs> Oh, 79-72. <laughs> I don't know. I called you that for, what, half a game? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Hi, this is Colin Sexton from Mableton, Georgia, and I never listen to Wine and Gold Radio. And gold radio. <laughs> well, okay, hot shot. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Wine and Gold Radio. We have Wine a- and Gold Radio. <laughs> I'm in charge of the jingle, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's the Rafa Hernandez singers. <laughs> Hernandez, sorry. With us now, we have a special guest, really a special guest, author, columnist, TV personality, host of the Hoop Collective podcast, the great Brian Winters. I think we can call him the great, right? Of course, and dog lover. And, and dog lover. Oh, yeah, we got to get not that. Everybody ag- not everybody agrees. <laughs> Everyone agrees with that one, Brian. How are you? I'm uh, I'm as good as I can be. This, this The best thing I can say is that I have no legitimate complaints, considering where everything is. I have lots of illegitimate complaints, but no legitimate ones. And you're checking in from your podcast, your home podcast studios. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, it's that sounds impressive. Really, it's just a closet <laughs> with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of foam put up all over the uh, all over the um, walls. This is the new the new normal, and uh, you know, NBA, the NBA is now covered off of computer. So it's been very strange not not being in. An, I have not stepped in an NBA arena since March. You're doing a lot better than John and I have because we did a happy hour all through the pandemic and we keep getting complaints about my audio being so hollow and I sound weird. And I now I see I could have spent some money on, on some phone but, and, 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 and fix the problem. You need to get yourself oh, this a is high. This is high end too. Yeah, you, know. you need to this get yourself luxurious. a closet. It looks nice. <laughs> like luxury. Put a big screen in there. You can hang out there. Yeah. This is where I hide. Do you miss... The road. I don't want to say the road. Traveling, going to arenas at all. I mean, I mean, you know, for twenty years I was on the road for a hundred days a year. This year I was. Last year I guess I was supposed to go to my first Olympics. I miss it, but it's not an alternative, really. I mean, um, I know there are some NBA writers and media traveling, but I don't know why. I know Chris Fedor from Cleveland.com is traveling. I respect. It. I don't know why he's you know he's getting the same interviews. So I mean, we're doing everything virtually. And so, uh, yeah, I, I miss it, absolutely. I, I miss being able to communicate with players face-to-face because, uh, you know, in reality, I still communicate with a lot of coaches, executives, 
agents, but my communication with players is way down. Um, you know, I, I used to spend a lot of the year in Los Angeles. I would go there twice a month to do ESPN TV. And I would go to so many games at Staples Center Clippers and Laker games and spend so much time with those players and stuff, talking to them before and after the games. And so <clears throat> we are not functioning. The NBA media is not functioning at the highest level right now. And the players aren't having that. Um, we're, not, it's just not, we're doing the best we can, but it's, 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 it's not right. So hopefully at some point this season with the vaccine, we're hoping by the playoffs that, you know, we can, get back to being in the arenas that's what that's what we're focusing on right now you know you know Brian we have talked a lot about how among the teams the guys that are going to come out ahead the teams that will come out ahead are the ones that are more innovative in terms of of taking <clears throat> advantage of, of the new normal the new reality it does that apply as well on on your side on 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 on, on the covering side of the teams I, I mean have you guys been working on different ways are you doing something now that you like better than what you were doing before? We're trying, Rafa, but not I mean it's not not really, I don't think. To be yeah. to be flat honest with you, I don't I don't think anybody's happy about the situation. But you know, we're trying. We're doing the what we have is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And so you know, there's there's things that I you know, um there's things that I like for example you know the 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 Knicks are above 500 eight games into the season the first time in eight years eight years and they won a game a uh, Thursday or a Wednesday night and I bet the garden would have been amazing <laughs> the way the Cavs played tonight in Memphis to silence that crowd would have made that road win even more special you know you guys have been there for road wins like that where uh you It just, it, it, there's something, so you, that's missing. And so you do the best you can. Um, you know, Steph Curry scores 62 points earlier this week, or what was over the weekend, and he's throwing his hands up to, <laughs> you know, the non-existent crowd. I mean, he is so fired up, and there's a $15 million scoreboard above him yeah. that is broadcasting to 100 people or 70 people or whatever it is. It's just out of whack, but, but that doesn't mean I don't want to watch Steph do it. So we take what we have and we make the best of it. And I think generally as a league, we, we all have bad days, but generally as a league, we're, we're making good. We're, it's, the league is not functioning at a high level right now, but it's functioning. That's what's most important. Brian, you want to hear something crazy is that as a play-by-play -play guy, obviously our, our, our strain of covering teams is different than what you do on a regular basis. We're accustomed to being let into practices, being at virtually every practice and having that kind of access and talk to assistant coaches, talk to players, just off the record, right? And that's where you glean so much information. We, The Cavs have a new assistant coach who we literally have not met. I mean, we, we have not met him. Greg Butner is a new assistant coach. We have not talked to an assistant coach face-to-face. -face. We have not seen a player face-to-face -face since the beginning of the season, just to give you an idea that us on the team side, we're going through the same exact thing. We feel you. We know exactly what you're going through. And it, it wildly changes the dynamic, doesn't it, as you try to approach and, and cover a season and, and bring it home to the fans who won NBA. Yeah, and so the, like, the strange thing was during the bubble in Orlando, um, you know, we had people who were literally there uh, for two months who were sort of outside the main bubble, who had colleagues inside the main bubble that they literally could see every single day.
but couldn't talk to for two months, could see them 15 feet away and could not talk to them. That is a surreal human experience. And so, um, you know, I actually thought that the basketball in the bubble was pretty high-level basketball. I was pretty pleased with, with what we got out of the playoffs. Most of the games in the season here, the, the, what you're watching is reminiscent of NBA basketball, but we're not, it's not quite the same. And we're seeing, when we're seeing home teams routinely lose by 30 points across the league, it is a direct correlation of not having the fans. They don't have the fans as the buffer. We just, you know, you see blowouts in the NBA. There's a thousand games played. Sometimes you, uh, teams on a back-to-back, another team's got different energy, and it happens. We don't see home teams get blown out and not make comebacks like we have this year, which, if anything, just points out how valuable the fans are in the entire experience and what they mean to a home crowd. I would, I would almost say that the, the biggest lesson I've learned is the value of the home fans. They, people try to quantify it. I think it's been undervalued uh, what the home fans mean to, a, mean to a team. Even in a game where they lose, the way that a home team will come back because their fans will rally them in the nature of a team's making runs. That, that's one of the big things that I've, 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 I've noticed. Brian, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, because again, you've been covering the league for, for a very long time. Do you see any of the changes that are made le- being permanent, lasting changes, especially when it comes to reporters in the locker room? I, I have a hard time seeing that returning yeah, exactly the way it was. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the reporters were out of the locker room forever. I don't know if the average fan cares about that. There is some loss of of connection there. Um, it's, it's uh, being in the locker room has always been kind of odd, even as somebody who, you know, uh, has done it for, this is my 18th season. It's it, the locker room isn't designed for it. None of the locker rooms are, especially on the road. Um, I mean, you guys know that that old locker room at the palace of Auburn Hills, my <laughs> God. And back in the day, the, the locker room at the Bradley center, before they moved to the bigger locker room, they had a locker room where, we basically used to pretty much wait in the shower. Um, so, like, the locker rooms weren't designed for that. So um, I think uh, – I do think there's a possibility that the, that, the, that the media will be out of the locker room and the players will probably be happy about that. I don't think we necessarily need to be in there. We just need to have an opportunity to talk to the players, and there's other ways to do it. You know, at the Olympics, uh, I actually, I've actually covered a couple of World Cups and they do it the same way at the Olympics. Um, Mix up. I was at the yeah uh, at the I was at the uh, World Cup in uh, China uh, in 2019, and basically um, the the players sort of come through a room or a, a hallway, and you have an opportunity to talk to them face to face. It happens really more right after the game. Sometimes the foreign players, you know, do it right after the game. They're still sweating. Uh, the Americans are used to going in and cooling down. I actually think it's great to get them right after the game because you get the emotion. But uh, I think that may be where we're headed for. I, I, I don't think the, necessarily the fan cares. It's incumbent on the reporter on the reporter to get that. But I but I do think I will say this: the ratings are down a little bit. Uh, the players are detached from the media, which means they're detached from the players a little bit. I do think it will be important when things go back to normal to make an effort to 
reestablish the connection with the fans, not just through the media, but even within the arenas and stuff like that in the community, because there is a, a, uh, a barrier going up that I don't think is helpful. I agree. I, I'm, I'm going to jump around here. I wanted to thing, but I wanted to ask you. This you, is your you, show, Wolfie. It's not mine. No, no. It's, no, it's yeah, our you're, show. You're entitled. It's, no, no, it's our show. Lead the show, Joseph. <laughs> it, 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 it's our show. Brian, you wrote something, uh, I, I think it was this week, about expansion, NBA expansion, which I think, which is kind of curious to me because I didn't, I did not see that coming, but it, it seems like it, it's going to happen. What are your thoughts on that? Well... I've been scolded by the league on this, even though Adam Silver. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. Good question. It was a good yeah. question, John. Uh, uh, even though Adam Silver <laughs> said that it's basically they're dusting off their eye, they're like let, let's just let's just uh, have real talk. The, the league is is uh, really suffering to pay for these seasons. The league is going into debt. Um, as a lot of businesses are, uh, as the government is, they've had to borrow uh, like over a billion dollars to give to their teams because the, the way this is built, you know, you're you you're you're getting your TV money, yes, but you're also getting your ticket money and you're getting your you know your in arena revenue. And I mean, they just renovated, um, you know, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse f- with the purpose of drawing out a whole different set of revenues with all of those really awesome clubs. I mean, if, you know, I remember when I got my tour of the renovation, I remember thinking if I lived in Cleveland and could afford to have these, these club seats, I would come to these clubs because it's a great way to watch a game. That's the structure of the NBA. That is gone. It is eviscerated. So they've had to, to draw like as a league, like a, a billion five in loans to give to their teams, not to mention what those teams are, are doing just with their own finances. So like, and it like on one hand, it's like, Oh good. You guys have a credit line where you can get a billion five. That's good. That means people believe in the league, but you got to pay it back. And so how do you pay it back? Well, one of the ways you can pay it back is by getting a big check, uh, from expansion. And, um, it's one of the things that the league is looking at. And, um, I would say it's 50-50 at best that it happens, but the fact that they're even, you know, the fact that Adam Silver is even discussing it is a change from, because we ask him once a year, we ask him once a year, what's up with expansion? And in, you know, the last eight years, the answer has been the same, not on our horizon. And all of a sudden this year is different. And uh, everybody was like, oh my God. And then now they've tried to walk it back, but you know, he doesn't say things by accident. And so, I mean, Joe, you remember going to Seattle, right? That's really why I'm asking, because of that reason, Seattle. And the arena was it was terrible. Really, it was. It was such a great NBA city, such a poor arena. Sports city. Such a great sports city, yeah. And the fans turn out for every sport in that city. So it, it shocked me when they left. You know, and I took it surprises one for the... me that, that they don't that there isn't a team there. I took one for the team in Seattle one time, and... and, and uh, I was never rewarded for it. I, one of the times I was in Seattle with the Cavs, you know, the games would start at 1030, you know, Eastern. Mm. And so as a, with a newspaper deadline back in the early 2000s, we had to file a story before the game so that it would be printed in the paper, the first editions of the paper. And so um, 
the media sat right on the baseline there next to the Cavs bench, right next to the Cavs bench. I could have reached out and touched the, the guy, a guy's knee on the end of the Cavs bench. It was the first quarter of the game, Seattle center, Jerome James, got his second foul like three minutes into the game, which if you know anything about Jerome James was a routine occurrence. And he got so mad at either the call or himself that he took the ball and he meant to throw the ball off the, um, the, 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 the table there, which had like an advertisement on it, but it went too high. And I'm looking down at my computer oh. and it slaps me right <laughs> in the, in the forehead. And, the, and, the, and it like hit me hard, like, ricocheted back out to the court <laughs> and robert trailer the late great robert tractor trailer is sitting on the end of the Cavs bench like six feet from me and he is laughing so hard <laughs> that he falls on the ground and i still don't know what happened and and the referee calls a technical foul on jerome james for hitting me in the head I actually think that he should have been ejected because he threw something in the stands. I guess I was in the stands. And the Cavs get a free throw. And LeBron, who was always known to do this, steals the technical free throw and steps right. to the line, and he missed it. <laughs> I'm sitting over there with a, with a developing black eye. You know, it was probably the second night of a back-to-back -back, like on a six-game road trip. A point was going to matter. I took one. 40 calves, and LeBron missed the free throw. That is my memory of Key Arena in Seattle. Was it a tight game? I mean, did it come down? Probably not. Probably not. But I don't. I don't think the Cavs ever. I don't think I ever covered a win there. <laughs> you know, it is a great basketball city, and they do have a renovated arena. And, I, and they didn't have a renovated arena before, like when the Kings were trying to move there and stuff. Now they have a renovated arena because they've got a hockey team coming this year. And um, so I do think it's possible, but the NBA, after Adam said that, has really tried to rein in uh, expectations. But he doesn't, you know, Adam Silver's a pretty smart guy. He doesn't say things without having a mm -hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask you this too, Brian. I mean, again, I, obviously you, you probably keep one eye on the Cavs. You knew Fido was traveling. What is the national perception of the Cavs? What is your perception of the Cavs from someone outside? I guess we're we're so close. Well, he's to not it. an outsider. Well, I know that, but he's well, he's in well, Omaha. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I'm really enjoying watching them this year. They're playing really really hard. They're a, they're a team that's really you know you can enjoy watching. Uh, the game in Detroit, the the overtime win in Detroit, was a really enjoyable win to watch. Um, the game against Memphis tonight was not quite as a enjoyable game, but like you hear, you, you often hear people say, well, they won the game with defense. They, they, they literally did win the game with defense because their offensive possessions were horrible with the exception of this incredible back cut that a runs one of the great under pressure. I swear to God. That play that that Drummond throws to Okoro for for basically the game ceiling dunk, not the ceiling, but the, the dunk that changed the, to score for the last time. <laughs> I'll bet you could watch a hundred NBA games this year, end of end of clock, end of game situations, and not see a play run better than that. <laughs> and probably it's because nobody in their right mind thought that thought that Andre Drummond was going to be the trigger, <laughs> the trigger man to a rookie cutting on the baseline. Um, so uh, I I watched them work extremely hard defensively. Um, I watch them stay in, in fighting games. I think, you know, this is an ideal team for a guy like Larry. Like Larry Nance 
even though he's not going to play the same way every night, he's not going to, you know, this particular game, he had one of the hottest shooting games of his career, but he fits into what they want to do here. And, um, you know, Colin Sexton has played better than I ever thought he could. I did not see him being this type of offensive force. And so do I think they're a playoff team? I don't, but I'm not ruling out that they couldn't figure out a way because the way they're playing is admirable. And I just, I think it really goes back to probably the way JB is having them, them play. So um, I am enjoying watching them and them compete. Now there's been certain nights where they haven't had it. I also enjoyed hearing Fratello tonight. I hope AC is feeling better and he's going to be okay. But you know, that, you know, hearing Fratello on the broadcast takes me back. So I'm surprised he didn't, you know, go over some his some of the great restaurants in Memphis that, that he was, probably knows. That about. was my question. Did he give out any? I, I, obviously, I couldn't watch the broadcast with John and 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 the Czar because I was on the air in Espanol. But did he give out John any any restaurant review I don't or think any so. restaurant I recommendations? I didn't catch the first half. I only watched the second half, and I didn't hear any uh, J. Mike. So I don't know if I missed any. But you know, no. He you know. What he did do, though, is the the <laughs> the truck gave him a trivia question, which was, "What country has the most international players right now in the NBA?" And he led with Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his default answer. Um, there was a there there was a commercial on the Cavs radio network in the '90s when he was the head coach. And I don't remember what the, I think it was for a restaurant uh, or something. And, and the, the premise of the commercial, and I heard it a hundred times, uh, the premise of the commercial was that Fratello was getting kicked out in the middle of the game and he was calling from the bench to get his reservation at this Italian restaurant. Um, you know, they say, hey, can you take, can you take two at uh, 10 o'clock? No, we really, we really need you to come in now, coach. All right, one second. You stink, ref. Get out of here. I'll see you in 10 minutes. I still remember that, I still remember that commercial. Um, yeah, no, um, I, I'm, I, I, I think this team is, I, I don't think that they have, their talent level is still lacking. You know, when you, when you look at the Eastern Conference, there are some really loaded teams there. And so they really need another, to be honest with you, they need another two players. And one of them, you'd like to be a superstar. And so that's why I think it would be better for them to be in the lottery again next year and be able to get that player, uh, at least have another bite at the apple for that player. Because I don't think any of these guys, these young guys have our superstar quality. But having said that, night in and night out, I think this is a team that is worth in the investment and time to watch because I think you'll like the way they compete, even if they fall below 500, you know, and, and these injuries right now are preposterous. I. Earlier today, I didn't. I thought maybe Chetty was going to run the point. I really didn't know who was going to play point guard. And some of their possessions in this game, some of the entry passes they threw to Andre Drummond were a crime. Um, but they got their way through it. You know, they found their way through it because they defended. So, um, and I, I, I think that really goes back to the coach who, th who thinks doing a good job. I agree, Brian. Can you stay for one more segment? We got. We have to yeah. play our game because Rafa likes to play games. You know, he likes to do okay. his thing. So we keep it light. Right, so we can bring you back for one quick segment, play a little uh, over-under. Sure, feel like doing? sure, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, we're here with Brian Winhurst on Wine and Gold Radio. We will be right back. There's more of this. Hey! Nailed it! 
After this, on Wine and Gold Radio. Designed from the land, for the land, the Team Shop has introduced a new in-house apparel line called the Land Collective. The first series is inspired by the 2020 NBA Draft. Each series will focus on a specific theme and feature exclusive pieces that will only be available while supplies last. Get these new looks from the Team Shop today only at Cavs.com slash shop. For more style inspiration and to be the first to know about upcoming collections, follow at Land Collective on Instagram. Hi, this is Jed Osmond from Turkey, and I never listen to Wine and Gold Radio. Now, back to Wine and Gold Radio. Oh, my. Come on, man. Okay, back on Wine and Gold Radio. Uh, we're here with special guest Brian Winhorst, the great Brian Winhorst. Rafa likes, you know, we, we like to do our, our games here. So because you guys are too serious, man. It, you got to keep it light. <laughs> it's, it's true. So what do you say? Do you feel like a little over-under? Rafa, is that acceptable? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Let, let, let's well, see. Where, let's well, because I was going to do Mr. Hypothetical, and then I wanted over-under, so I'm, I mixed them. It's like a hypothetical over-under. Oh, okay. There I you mean, go. Brian's too complex. I can't be thrown over-under. That's for... <laughs> Is that that's a compliment? How well, you take that? Is that complimentary? Or <laughs> yes. Over-unders for knuckle-draggers like us, not for Brian. So let's start out with, uh, okay, if you took a, we're combining hypothetical and over-under. If you took a foreign-born roster, we talked earlier about the, the great Italian players in the NBA. <laughs> uh, if you took a foreign-born uh, a roster of all the best foreign-born players and pitted them against a group of NBA all-stars, and I gave you nine and a half points, to the international nine league. and a half. Yeah, who do you take? You're giving the foreign guys nine and I'm a half. I'm giving the foreign guys nine and a half. <sighs> Man, current or uh, what current? You- current the oh, best current. foreign yeah, the best foreign born players in the NBA versus against all the rest. Okay, against versus, the best yeah, American you players. Take, pick the rest out of. I, you know, LeBron's going to be on the American team, so course, I guess I'm going to go with LeBron. But uh, you get hardened. You, you get know, there's some good. You know, Giannis and Luca are foreign-born. Exactly. Yeah. I like to point that out. Right. Um, yeah. So he's Ben I'll tell Simmons. You what, I'll bet, so is Ben Simmons. I'll, I'll bet you could get some good odds on betting the uh, the foreign team. Kyrie, that Australia be- or U.S.? Yeah, well, he played for the U.S. National, so I guess if you go no, with, with, you go with World Cup rules, he can't play for, for any other team anymore. But I wish they did that in the All-Star break. They did it with the. I know the, they do it with the second year players. Yeah, but if they did it with the with the with the with the, with the regular players, I'd like to see it. I think it would be entertaining. I thought the uh, fourth quarter of the All Star game last year was one of the most entertaining basketball games I've seen in five years. And, Hands um, down, agree. Yes, and that uh, that down the stretch of that game, and beads calling for the ball. LeBron, LeBron's clearing out. LeBron, LeBron was a, he didn't want Anthony Davis to pass it, so he threw it to him with two seconds on the clock to help him win the game. Uh, you know, guys didn't want to come off the floor. I, I love that. I, I, I'm disappointed we're losing the momentum of that uh, this yeah. year, not having that back. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next number two and a half, and that number is two and a half seasons. Will there be a woman head coach in the NBA within the I next two and so. a half seasons? Yeah. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. Because I think it's going to take a team that has incredible capital. you know. And, and it'll be interesting to see if slash when Pop retires, 
whether or not the Spurs go with Becky Hammond. And um, there will be a, a, some pressure and expectation. But they have another guy sitting there, Will Hardy, on their bench who is being groomed for the job. And frankly, the Spurs might not get a chance to hire him. Somebody else might hire him first. But when you say capital, so, you mean a, a team that's established with... Yeah, most of the time, a team that's changing coaches is doing it because the previous coach failed. Mm-hmm. So you are looking, you you are in need of a, of a you know, influx of positive change. There's occasionally times that's not true, where a coach retires or something, and that's why the Spurs will be interesting to see. But I just think it's going to be hard for a team that has just you know, had a failed situation to take the risk in the short term. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but um, I, I think it's going to be hard. Okay. Brian, you may not know the answer to this. How many times have I worn a collared shirt since March? What's the over-under? <laughs> Three and a half. How many, time, how many times have I worn a belt since March? <laughs> <laughs> It might not be three. <laughs> um. Well, my under, it is under. I have Actually, three and a half is way high. I don't think I've worn a collared shirt twice. We're, we're, uh, I was in New York City. Actually, I did the pregame show uh, with Stephen A. Smith from New York the night of the uh, the shutdown. Where, where were the Cavs the night of the shutdown? We had just Chicago. come back from Chicago on the 10th. Yeah. And, we we're, were and, we're, and we're going to go back out on a five-game trip. Yeah, we were home packing. I uh, I remember flying home the next day from New York, and uh, I remember th- naively thinking, "Well, this could be the last time I'm on a plane for four to six weeks." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, we were we were calling Cobra about suitcases and things like that. <laughs> really, I was doing laundry, and uh, it had just ended. Okay, here's another hypothetical: we play a whole season without a three point line. They take the three pointer uh, away for a whole season. Does the leading scorer average more than 27 points? And who is it? No three point line. Um, well, because I, you know, I just read about AC. Again, the guy scored 61 points in a college Giannis? game. You like Giannis? Giannis yeah, is so a great you, one because, yeah, that's a that's a great call. Right yeah, there. yeah. I mean, Giannis scores in the paint, but, you know, again, I'm going to go back to. You know, number twenty-three who plays for the Lakers now. Um, one of the great time, all-time paint scores. Yeah. And uh, um, we've got one. You we, know, we got one right here in Cleveland, actually. Colin Sexton. Yeah. He's a guy who doesn't depend on the three. Yeah, but which, but he shoots more. He shoots more than fifty percent right now. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and, and you know, Drummond is a guy who, you know, has been a consistent high scorer. Would it be over 27? What was it, over 27 points? Yeah, yeah. Could a guy over average over 27 without the three-pointer? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I kind of would like to – I mean, to be honest, I'd like to see that. The game is so – I mean, when you look at series, I mean, literally playoff series from back in the 90s, they didn't shoot as many threes in a series yeah. as teams do in a game now. Well, I remember when I was a kid going to the Coliseum, seeing a three-pointer was almost like – Home runs in a baseball game. <laughs> like, you, you know, you might get shot five clock. or yeah. you might get clock. five or six. You might get five or six in a game. You know, there'd be some games where maybe there'd be ten, but there'd be other games where there'd be three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, that's that, that, that's kind of how how rare it was. And uh, I'll never forget the first time somebody did the math for me. I think it was in the early two thousands where they said, "Well, you know, one of three on threes is the same as two of four on twos." 
And I thought about that, and I was like, <laughs> that's pretty basic, but that is an accurate statement. <laughs> that's early. I mean, normally, if you shoot 50% in a game, you're, you're going you're gonna to win most of the time. So... That's some hardcore. That, that's some hardcore analytics right there. Really. Let me yeah, get my, and then, let me, you know, then let me get my pencil out. <laughs> then it developed from like, well, actually, you know, in the corner, the shot is shorter, so your chances of shooting better than one of three are even better. So take the shorter shot. So it's gone from there, but it's a pretty basic concept. That it's amazing that it took that long for you know the three pointer came in what like eighty three or something like that, or uh, it took a long time for it to happen. And uh, although uh, Doug Moe who uh, coached the the Nuggets. He coached several teams, but Doug, the, uh, Doug Moe coached the Nuggets, and he was the first guy to ever start talking about points per possession and, um, and a new way to look at the game. And now points per possession is the language that we speak. Yeah. And that's not – I mean, if you, if you started talking to me about points per possession when I started covering the NBA in 2003 – I wouldn't have had any idea what you were talking about. So uh, I've seen the league change a lot uh, in, in, my, uh, in my time covering it. Last one, Brian, then we'll let you get out of here. Uh, and I, we have to change sports entirely. Brown Steelers, I'm going to go straight up, 47 and a half points. I'll take the over on that. <laughs> I'm just afraid the Browns defense is going to the reason it goes over. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> Look at Jake. Might uh, Jake might just smile a little bit, like a little <laughs> smirk when yeah. you made that comment, like Claypool, Juju. You know, one of the things that we've seen in the NBA in this season is how hard it is to beat a team two games in a row. That's a great point. It's hard, mm-hmm. um, and the nature of basketball is so much different. But. Um, I think even if they were full strength, the, the the challenge to beat a team twice in a row when you've given everything would have been so hard. And now that they are, you know, hamstrung. I mean, I will say this. It's a free roll, though, right? I mean, nobody's expecting them to win. Nobody's expecting them to win. And, you know, um, tell Baker he can't do something. So I guess I'll... Really, I just want you to predict the win or the loss. I don't care about the I mean, <laughs> I don't even think that it's – I mean, if you're predicting a Browns win, I don't think you're being honest with yourself. That doesn't mean they can't win, right? But, I mean, you you, know, you can't objectively predict they're going to win. No, I'm a Browns fan. Of course I can't. I mean, <laughs> no, but uh, – um, <laughs> But, I mean, what, a, what an amazing four months – so you celebrate the four months, I think. That's the way I always look at it. Yeah, agreed. It's uh, it's almost house money at this point. It's just, you know, you go through everything to get to these things, and it's just, uh, it's it's rough. And, and, you know, one of my big concerns about where the NBA is right now is that in New York and Los Angeles, I'm just I'm just worried they're not going to let the teams play there mm. because of where, the, where everything is, especially in L.A. Especially so, in L.A., yeah. We're just trying to get through day by day, like yeah. you know, the, like you know, like so, you know, you asked about expansion earlier. It's a really good question, and I'm sure the NBA is going to look at it. But like the NBA is literally trying to get day by day, yeah, right now, and to a certain extent, hour by hour, <laughs> and um, uh, it's it's a real it's a real challenge, and um, I think the fact that we're getting so many games played and we're and we're, we're seeing enjoyable basketball is we're lucky. And the Cavs are over 500, so. Yep. 
I think if the playoffs start today, we're in. You know, in normal times, I always hated when people made the comment, if the season ended today, <laughs> the Cavs would be faced. But after what happened last March, I'll take that any day now. Right, we'd be in the bubble right now, yeah, man. It's, that's right. Who knows when you claim your bubble spot. And I will say this. This season, 20 teams are going to, quote, unquote, make the playoffs because of the play-in tournament. And I think the play-in tournament will remain going forward. The way the Cavs are playing right now, you can't say that they can't finish in the top 10. Uh, you, I mean, I think it will be hard because there's a, there's because the east is so deep but like how could you look at them and tell them the way that they're playing you know nine games in and say that they don't have that they it's not that it's impossible yep i, I, think uh, I would I, say it's impossible for a few teams but I wouldn't say it's impossible for the Cavs, and that's an incredible thing to say especially considering their injuries and i think that that's uh, that's a great point and that jb and that the fact that they're winning now with the skeleton crew that they have when they finally do get healthy i think these moments will really help them down the road because they growth. Know, yeah, growth. Guys that aren't used used to closing games are, are closing. So, yeah, and even if it doesn't, you're keeping your head afloat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You get those games in the win column, and the fact that they're doing this when they're undermanned and not sinking into a like the Memphis Grizzlies, a two and six hole. Where yeah, you can't get out of it once everybody does return. I think that's that's saying something in its own right. I mean, getting two wins on this road trip, yeah. considering everything, yeah, and. Is- and- and, Pretty good. And, yeah. and again, like after those two losses in, in Orlando, the team, you could feel they were deflated. They could have hung their head in Memphis. They could just wrap this thing up. But uh, the fact that they competed so hard tonight was really, really inspiring, man. It's it's never good when, when, you're, when your team tweets out its injury report. It takes two tweets. <laughs> <laughs> that is bad. That is bad. That's, that's, that's a that's good way to end it right that's there. Yeah. You never <laughs> want a two-tweet injury report. <laughs> Brian, that was, you're right. That is the perfect way to end it right there. Brian, Brian go get, always good, get some yeah, sleep. Yeah, always good talking to you. We, can we get an interior decorator over there? And <laughs> I like the checkerboard effect. Don't get me wrong. It's nice. It's nice. You can't even see the other wall, which is totally covered in uh, oh. totally covered in foam. Oh, Look at see, that's an official sound room, man. That is nice. You undersold that's it, Brian. For your booming <laughs> pipes. Very yeah, nice. You haven't even seen my studio operation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, thanks for the time, buddy. Always good catching up. Enjoy it, guys. Take care. The Thank great you, Brian man. Winters. Thank you so much, Brian. And that was the great Brian Winters. We will be back in one minute here on Wine and Gold Radio. Rafa? Woohoo! Wine and Gold Radio. The Cav City Collection is now available online at cavcom slash shop. Rep the land with jerseys, hats, tees, and more inspired by the Cav City Edition uniforms. Love running the lane. Left side dance. Pow! With two hands. The Cavaliers, in a partnership with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, introduced the team's City Edition uniform, featuring a design and style that reflects the grit, attitude, and spirit of Cleveland's rock and roll roots. See the whole collection at cavcom slash shop. Bell McGee to the forecourt, run the lane, down the lane, bank shot, good. And he was rumbling down the floor. <laughs> Javel said, well, if nobody's going to stop me, I'm going to bank it home. Now, back to Wine and Gold Radio. Oh, mercy. Okay, back for the final segment of Wine and Gold Radio. Here with uh, 
Rafa Hernandez Brito. Man, that's I, good. Uh, is that good? No, that's very good. Okay, I'm trying. I'm Every, trying to roll my any, R's, anything's man. Anything's good. You can do Brito or Brito. Just as long as you don't put a U before the B and the R, then like burrito. I also don't want to. I also don't want to give you a Hernandez no, because no, I know, my I know father that, doesn't like that. I know that really drives you kind of crazy. So yeah, uh, here with the final segment, I'm here with uh, Rafa and J. Mike, of course, and we're gonna just take a quick look at what we got coming up this week. Finally, the Cavs are home. Fans in the stands. The fans in the stands. That's very nice. A long ten game road trip. Very the long road trip for early on in the season. They come back. Face the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, who they just who they just beat. I don't know if they'll have their full crew back, but should be another should be another tough grinded out game Monday night. And not only that, but it's another opportunity for them to get another W because in this league, in any league, nobody feels sorry for you. You mm-hmm. everybody has injuries, John, and and the and the Grizzlies are dealing with the two big stars. Yeah, you know, in, in Morant and and Jared Jackson. So nobody's gonna feel bad for anybody, but it's another opportunity. For JB and the staff and the kid and the guys to really step it up and get another double, you're home. Maybe with the addition of Darius Garland coming back into the lineup, hopefully yeah. it should look lineup wise pretty similar to what we saw in Memphis here tonight. Yeah, and I thought real just real quick, Brian Winters brought up a really good point about uh, no home fans, and I think that loss in Memphis put them 0 and 5 at home. Wow. And again, uh, that's the grindhouse, and that's a team that really gets a big boost from their fans. So. That's a, that was a good point. I just missed the fried chicken. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. isn't that what we have? The fried yes, chicken? it is. Gus's. Norm. Gus's. 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 Oh, yeah. It's uh, fantastic fried chicken. And not only that, but Brent pays for it, so it's really delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Brent yeah, Valenti uh, from Fox. It's my favorite Ohio. flavor. Okay. The next night, come back from back to back. The next night is Utah. Again, you talk about a tough defensive team. Uh, slug it out, and then you get you have one of the best defensive players in the league, and. And Donovan Mitchell, one of the most explosive offensive guys, so that'll be a tall, tall order. Back to back Western Conference rivals, and I think that's a different monster when you're talking about the U- the Utah Jazz mm-hmm. with, with all the names you just mentioned and what they have been through and what they are expecting to achieve this season is a whole different is a whole different game. Yeah, agreed. How about an old buddy of ours back in the building, and Jordan Clarkson, a guy yeah. that we grew to love over uh, his tenure. In Cleveland, the, the kind of guy when he when he leaves, you think, boy, I wish him success the rest yeah. of the way. Yeah, yeah, that every was day except every day except when you come back, Jordan. Yeah. But nice, <laughs> nice yeah. to see him thriving and getting a, a, a nice new deal in Utah. Uh, good to see for a for a good young man. No argument there. Okay, uh, then the Friday again the Knicks. I mean, this is this is like the try playing the Tigers. How many times are we going to play these <laughs> Knicks, man? So Friday we play the Knicks. Uh, nice home game. Hey, they're one of the surprise teams in the Eastern Conference here in the uh, in the early going. And you said we've already seen them three times, kind of the preseason. They've they've gotten the Cavs each and every time. So it's uh, it's time for a little revenge at home to uh, to finish out that homestand. Amen. Let's wipe them out on Friday night, and then after that, the Cavs get back on the road Sunday, Monday, back to back in Washington. So that could be a tough one. Although Washington's early struck, games struggling, too, right? Are they? Two, early, two, early two, games two, at two o'clock each each game at two o'clock at Martin Luther King Day, Luther on, the King Day on a Monday. Yeah, so uh, again those and it'll be a second set of, of, of games against the same team. You know, consecutive games against the same team. Also, we coming back from from losing both to Orlando. Yeah, and it's the second week of five in a row where the Cats play back to back each week. So okay. the schedule doesn't get any easier. Yeah, and again the Wizards are struggling, but they can put points up, ton of points. So that should. <laughs> How do you like, yeah. How do you like Bradley Beal? Sixty points and a loss to Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, here this week. So that's, yes, that's hard to cool. do. 
They're not doing a lot of defending. <laughs> so it'll be a tough week. It'll be a difficult week, but they all are, and especially when uh, the Cavs are still trying to get healthy. And they're still the only the only team that the Sixers have lost to at the moment that we're in this. Yes, so we made it through our second episode, the non-Christmas episode. I think we did okay, and we haven't gotten canceled yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we, we're going to be back next week. It uh, should be a full slate of games. I wanted to, before we go, of course, I wanted to thank my co-host, J-Mike and Rafa. And, of course, Matt Gold, of course, D-Mac, Joe Fritchin, Casey Coolis, our special guest, Brian Winhurst, the great Brian Winhurst. Why do you furrow your brow every time I mention D-Mac? That guy does a Why lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Dirty Kurt and Big Daddy Marty Allen. Let's go, Big Daddy. We'll be back next week, and as always... Good night, Freddie Mac, wherever you are. I can't take it anymore! (laughs) You're listening to Wine and Gold Radio. Cleveland, Ohio, America. Everybody stand up and cheer! Have some of that!